Oh, thank you, Lord. My, 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 my. God is doing a great work. Keep your ears tuned. The trumpet's going to blow shortly. Take the church out of the world. You know that? I've heard people give so many reasons why that they wanted the rapture to take place. One person said, take care of all my bills. They'll do that. <clears throat> Unless you were dishonest and wouldn't pay them. <laughs> I might not take care of me. <clears throat> Don't have to get up and go to work. <clears throat> well, that's probably be that way unless you're a slugger. The Bible talks about the slugger. Unless you're too lazy to work now, probably you won't take care of it if you're too lazy to work now because I don't know that sluggards can go to heaven. Well, why do you need to go to heaven? To be with Jesus? <clears throat> to be in His presence? Oh, just to be in His presence. John, the third chapter, verse 1 through verse 8. Oh, most of you could quote this. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, the ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Verse 6, That which is born of flesh is flesh, that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must be born again. Verse 8, the wind bloweth where it listeth. Thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. You may be seated. And I want to speak on the subject, let the wind blow. Now the Bible says, the wind bloweth where it listeth. I hope that you do not feel that I am in contradiction of Scripture when I say this, but... By definition, wind is really air in motion. That's what it is. When we say the wind is blowing today, uh, to some degree that is an incorrect phrase. Because <clears throat> if it isn't, there is no wind at all. This is the reason why that you will hear the weathermen say, we have prevailing winds out of the southwest or out of the south at 30 miles an hour. Because by definition, if, it's, if the wind is not blowing, I mean, there is no, there is no wind at all. I mean, there's no such thing as a still wind. Because wind is, is just air in motion. I, every now and then I hear someone say, well, it's cold in here. That heat that heat's, that's coming out is cold. Well, there's no such thing as cold heat. 
You follow what I'm saying? But this is a vernacular that men have used throughout uh, the years. And it's a vernacular that we all understand, and this is the reason why that it's used in the Scripture the way that it's used. Now, what I, what I see is that God is moving upon the planet Earth like never before. And in the Scripture, wind in motion or air in motion is compared to God in motion. By that I mean, when God is moving, especially in the New Testament, you find the term the Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost. Now, <clears throat> I told you that this might be a little bit of a, uh, of a difficult subject, perhaps a, a very difficult one. But you see, what we need is, is another Pentecost where God moves in a mighty rushing way. Now, if you pour something out of a glass... There are laws, natural laws, laws of physics that determine how fast this water will go downhill. In other words, there's no such thing as, well, I spilt the water, but it spilt slowly. So I was able to put another pail underneath it and catch it. Now, the Holy Spirit in the Bible... The Old Testament and the New Testament is interchangeable with, with, the, with the word God. But there are times in which it's used in a different way. We basically can prove by Scripture that God has revealed Himself in three predominant distinctive manifestations. God in creation, Son in redemption, and Holy Ghost in regeneration. Now, when we go to God in creation, if you go back to the story of the creation, in Genesis, the first chapter, you will find God in motion. In the first chapter of the book of Genesis, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was, was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved. In other words, God moved as the wind. Just as He breathed upon Adam the breath of life, and he became a living soul. So God, his spirit moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. So when God began to move, things began to happen. 
basically, if you go into a church where the Spirit's not moving, <laughs> nothing's going to happen. That's just the way it is. Just absolutely nothing's going to happen. Nobody will be regenerated. Nobody will be reconnected. Now, there's something that we need to understand, that is that God is omnipresent. That simply means that His Spirit is everywhere. I mean, He's everywhere. He's like the air. So I think this would be a good comparison. And as far as our atmosphere is concerned, we just say, well, the air is everywhere. If God is everywhere and even resident in the heart and the lives of every person, and He has to be, And I know this crosses up some theology because I've heard a lot of Pentecostals say, oh, there's not an ounce of God in that person. How could he be living? How could he be breathing? I mean, he has to be. I mean, God just has to be. This is the reason why, if you go to Acts, the 17th chapter, this is what the Apostle Paul is talking about when he's talking to the heathen people that did not believe in the one true and living God. Verse 22, we'll just take some time and read some scriptures. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, You men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you're too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar un altar with this inscription to the unknown God. Whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. <clears throat> Neither is worship with men's hands as though he needeth anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. Do you know where you get your breath from? From God. The first man got his breath from God. In God's creative act, He simply blew the gentle breeze of His breath. The wind blew. And the planet Earth appeared. Now God always has been and always will be. But nevertheless, He moved in a particular way to accomplish a specific purpose or thing. The only reason why that the lake of fire cannot and will not destroy the true identity of man, which is his soul or his spirit, is because that he came out of God. And God is indestructible. And so when a man chooses not to serve God, he is making one fatal mistake. 
because he being made in the likeness and the image of God, when he is cast into the lake of fire, which is hell, because that this element of the eternal one causes him to be and will always be, the man will always be in the state of destruction, but never totally annihilated. You can't separate yourself from God. That's what Paul is telling these people. God giveth to all life and breath and all things, and hath made of one blood all nations of men to dwell on all the face of the earth, and it and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. Now verse 27 and 28, that they should seek the Lord if haply they might feel after Him and find Him, though He be not far from every one of us. You see, God is everywhere. He's not far from you. You may say, well, I've never felt God. It just might be because you have not in any way created a climate in which the stillness of His Spirit can move like the wind. When God begins to move, Things begin to happen. It was that way in creation. It is that way in regeneration. Now I think if I look in the book of Ezekiel, when Ezekiel talked about the water and the Spirit is also compared to the water, I think that we can prove scripturally that the Holy Ghost that moves upon you today to regenerate you is in greater volume than the Spirit of God that moved upon the void to create the planet Earth. In other words, if you had a way of measuring the wind of the Spirit, you would find that there were gale-like winds that were blowing of the Spirit that caused regeneration. Where in creation, when the Spirit was moving, that God, as the Father of all creation, was moving in a gentler fashion. Now, God is not far from every one of us. All you have to do to get God to start moving in your life is to create an atmosphere. How do you create an atmosphere? This is why we're taking the fasting and prayer. You know why we fast? There's several reasons why we fast. The book of Isaiah, uh, the Bible talks about the fast there. Uh, regardless of what you think about it, when you read it, 
the fast there that Isaiah talks about was created specifically for the purpose of people taking the money that they would take for food and they would they would save that money and give it to the poor. Read. That's the purpose of the fast that's found in the book of Isaiah. The chapter just slips in my mind. Somebody give it to me. Isaiah what? 58? But for the most part, the purpose of fasting is to crucify the carnal mind. Crucify the flesh. See, the Bible says the spiritual mind, it is at enmity with the flesh, and the flesh is at enmity with the spiritual mind. Paul tells us this in Romans 8. He also tells us this in 1 Corinthians 2. When he talks about who can know the mind of the Spirit? Can the natural man know the mind of the Spirit? I talked this morning about God sending angels to harden hearts and tell lies. Inasmuch as people of the world cannot know the things of the Spirit, neither can people of the Spirit understand why people of the world can act so goofy. You know, if you came in here and this is the first time you've ever been in a Pentecostal church, and maybe you're not acquainted much with God, you say, these people are crazy. But don't get so alarmed because when we see you out there smoking cigarettes and drinking booze and carousing around and blowing your mind, that's what we're saying about you. We say, you people are crazy. Because there's a great gulf fixed between the ideas that come out of hell and those that come out of heaven. Inasmuch as there's a great gulf between the two places, there is also a great distance between our line of thinking. And our line of thinking so death so opposes the thinking of the world if you drew parallel lines from here until the end of time they would never intersect because they're locked in on different roads or different routes. They are different. They will always be different. The problem with the church world today is that somehow it's incorporated a little bit different thinking so that the road they're traveling has changed a little bit. And as time goes on, see the gradual change, it takes a long time for the paths to intersect. The more you change, the faster they intersect. You change gradually, it takes a long time. The devil doesn't care. If it takes the world 50 years, 100 years, as long as he can get everybody thinking like he thinks. Now, on the other hand, sometimes God has to send quite favorable. You may feel that it's a hostile action from God but some favorable circumstance that will alter your line of thinking. And if your line of thinking starts changing, 
Guess what's going to happen? In time, they will intersect. <clears throat> Take some people a long time. And the faster that you change your mind about things, the quicker you intersect with the spiritual mind that comes out of God. So there's a vast difference, see, in the way that we think and the way the world thinks. So when the world comes around and says, ha, ha, you're crazy. So what? You're crazy too. I feel sorry for you. Well, I feel sorry for you. Well, we're at an impasse. That's all right. Because we don't plan on changing. Why? Because we're heaven bound. We know. We're heaven bound. And we do not plan on changing. The route will remain straight and narrow. And time will not allow it to intersect with the thinking of the world. You could stretch the lines out from now until the curtain falls on time and they will never intersect. And my friend, if they ever intersect, somebody is wrong. Either the world or the church. Somebody is wrong. Oh, now, <clears throat> verse 28, for in him we live and move and have our beings, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. But the Apostle Paul is saying that, you know, that you live and breathe and have your own being in God? Did you know you're the offspring of God? That's, that's what Paul was saying. He is making reference to Aratus and Cleanthes, who were Grecian poets. They were well acquainted with, with the thinking <coughs> of these men. So he says, now, you have this inscription to the unknown God. See, there was just something about their worship that wasn't satisfactory. You know, God speaks to all men. Did you know that? For the grace of God that worketh salvation hath appeared unto all men. God speaks. Your response to that voice creates a climate for the movement of the Spirit. And when the Spirit begins to move, things begin to happen. Now you will find in the Scripture <clears throat> that the greater the moving of the Spirit, the easier it was for people to receive the baptismal Holy Ghost. <clears throat> On the day of Pentecost, they received the Holy Ghost quickly and readily. Uh, you go to Acts, the 8th chapter, you will find that when uh, Philip went and preached to the residents of Samaria, there were people there that believed. In fact, most of them did, but there was some. One man, we know other by the name of Simon, that didn't give himself altogether to God. Isn't that true? Now, it is amazing to me 
that on the day of Pentecost, these people were born of the Spirit. And when Jesus talked about recreation, he called it a birth. He did not compare it to a birth. He called it a, a literal birth, a spiritual birth. It so resembled in explanation the birth of a natural man that Nicodemus got a little confused, and that's what he thought Jesus was talking about. Jesus says, oh, no, there is a natural birth, but there's a spiritual birth. So now I'm talking to you about the spiritual birth. Now, <clears throat> there are times in which great anointing comes on the preacher, whether it be me or somebody else, and people just give themselves to the Lord, and you'll find that in an atmosphere like that, that people quickly and readily receive the Holy Ghost. You will find that when people don't give themselves to God as much, and there's not that great moving of the Spirit, quite often we have to work with people and pray with people until such a time that they create that atmosphere. In other words, we, we, we call it praying with seekers. Nobody prayed with seekers in Acts, the second chapter. They were all in one mind and one accord. Nobody prayed with Cornelius and his household. While Peter yet spake the words. But you see where there were doubters in the place, you will find that they had to call for Peter and John to come down and pray. In other words... They gave a second effort to create an atmosphere. I mean, isn't it true that, that you know, when a mother is carrying a child, that the truth of the matter is that when the child comes unassisted in birth, it's usually when the baby comes on time or even before. Isn't that true? That assistance in birth usually takes place when the child doesn't come, quite when the child should come. When should you receive the Holy Ghost? Right now. You don't have it. But I will say this, God wants you to receive the Holy Ghost, and if you don't receive it right now, we do have people who will be glad to assist in the birth. Now, we can't cause the birth. We cannot give you life any more than a doctor can give a child life. That has to come out of God. But we will continue to pray and seek God even when you're doubting and even when you're not as hungry as you need to be until such a time that there is a climate, a climate that is created you to be born. And this is the reason why it is so necessary to have a group of people that love to pray with seekers at the altar. Praise God. If they, if they come down to the front and they don't know how to get close to God, we will create a climate. We will pray because when the right climate occurs, guess what's going to happen? The wind, the air, God will start moving. 
God will start moving. Oh, hallelujah. I feel the presence of the Holy Ghost right here in this place. Mm. Glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And that's the reason why we're singing this, this simple song, Whose Side Are You Leaping On? Now, I've got arthritis in an ankle. When I leap up, I'm telling you, it really it hurts. It hurts a lot. But you know what? Sometimes the, the, the feeling that you have in the spirit is so much greater than the pain. <laughs> you say, well, I'll, <clears throat> I'm going to go ahead and just have a good time in the Lord. <clears throat> Listen to this. Romans, pardon me, Ephesians 5, verse 8. <clears throat> And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. Be you filled with the Spirit. <clears throat> now we have a system that's built into this church. That's required by the state of Wisconsin. We have to literally remove all of the air from the atmosphere in this building. And replenish it six times per hour. You go up in the attic, you'll find this all of these ducts and such going up and some going out. And, and the reason why we have to do that, in other words, we have to push the air, we have to keep it in motion. Because when it's not in motion, you know what happens? It gets stale, and guess what happens when the air gets stale? You get tired, you get sleepy. It's amazing, I just read an article not long ago about jet lag. They were saying jet lag, contrary to what you might think, is not created by the difference in time zones in which you fly. I mean, if you if you got on a plane and and you're gonna let's say you slept the normal time that you rested the normal time and you flew to uh, the opposite side of the, the earth where you, let's say you're 12 hours off, you get there, you should not theoretically be any tired. Just because everybody's clock over there reads differently. Why should you be tired? They said, really, jet lag is not caused by difference in time zones. It's caused because that in the aircraft in which you fly, normally, there's only about 10% of the oxygen when that carrier is pressurized that you get when you walk outside. And the wind is blowing. So after sitting there for 12 hours, getting one-tenth of the oxygen, it's, it's plenty for you to survive on. You could live on indefinitely, but they if you got up and you started doing aerobics, lifting weights, now it might be a little different. You get short of breath and you say, man, I don't know why I'm so short of breath. You go in some of these churches where the Spirit of the Lord's not moving, there's no climate. There's no exchange. In other words, nothing's blowing. Spiritually speaking, you sit there. It's not jet lag, it's service lag. Now notice what Paul says, be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess. 
Now what he's saying is that drinking wine does not cause excess. Drinking wine is excess. But be filled with the Spirit. Isn't it something that he compared, or I say compared, isn't it something that he spoke of the two together? Well, when we turn back to Acts, the second chapter, when the Holy Ghost was first poured out, in Acts, the second chapter, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. The rushing mighty wind did what? It filled all the house. I meant the whole place was filled with the Spirit. And there appeared to them clothed in tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them. And could I also inform you that you cannot have fire without oxygen? And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. How many received the Holy Ghost? All. Let's say it together. All. I made this statement several years ago, but let me make it again. I made a real in-depth study of the word all, A-L-L. You know what it means? It simply means all. <clears throat> they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, was God using their tongues? Sure He was. By definition, wind has no sound. Do you know that? <clears throat> it creates sound when it strikes a physical object. Now, that doesn't mean God can't speak through the heavens in, in, in a verbal way. That's not what we're talking about at all. But we're here, we're talking about comparisons. We're talking about the wind and we're talking about the Spirit. When God moves upon an individual, God uses His own language, He uses His own tongue, He uses His own vernacular. If a person has a deep voice, he'll probably use that deep voice when he speaks in tongues. If you have a high-pitched voice, he'll probably use that. But the important thing is, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. In other words, the wind was in such motion that it gusted into the place and filled them all. Now, <clears throat> let, me, let me point out something. I do feel that it's correct to say that the Old Testament saints were not filled with the Holy Ghost. All right? And you may say, well, Brother Grant, you said that God was everywhere. They must have been filled with God. But God did not move upon them because the climate could not be created. That is, created in this dispensation for the Holy Ghost to breathe or move upon us with such gusto that we are regenerated. 
Now, I can prove scripturally under certain circumstances in the Old Testament it happened that way. I think John the Baptist was in kind of a special dispensation. You may disagree with that, but you'd have a hard time to prove differently. Now, we know the Holy Ghost was not yet given, Jesus said in John seven thirty seven On that great day of the feast, Jesus stood crying and saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. For he that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers. Movement. Not just a pond or a pool or a lake, but a channel, not a reservoir. Something moving out, something talking, something touching, something changing. So even though God be resident in every man, the work cannot be done that needs to be done in order for the change to take place until there is an atmosphere created for that. You know why the atmosphere was created for that on the day of Pentecost? Because these people prayed for ten days in the upper room. They emptied their souls out. They prayed and sought God and conditioned themselves and created a climate for the Spirit to move. That's why. You know the reason why I think Ethiopia is having such a great revival? Because contrary to what we say, and what a lot of skeptics have said, when they said, if God is God, why the starvation in Ethiopia? But let me tell you something. The poverty that struck this nation, that took everything away from them, and, and left them without shelter and food, has created such a climate in their life. These people realize that God is their only hope. And when they hear the Holy Ghost preach for the first time, guess what they do? Recently, in this crusade in Ethiopia, over 70,000 people received the baptism of the Holy Ghost as 200,000 hungry souls gathered. Praise God. These people had nothing to live for. That was their only hope. There was such a climate created. And God began to move and breathe and move and breathe and move and breathe and upon 200,000. Someone asked me, do you think, Brother Grant, it's possible to get 70,000 people filled with the Holy Ghost in one meeting here in the United States? Well, probably if you could get 200,000 together. The miracle would be getting 200,000 together. <clears throat> if you could get 200,000 people together, that would be hungry for the Holy Ghost. We could probably get 70,000. We have them four and five at a time because you can just preach your heart out to people. And they're so wrapped up in philosophy. They're so wrapped up in materialism. They're so wrapped up in... Hollywood and, and fashion and fad and all of this, that God is totally secondary. Then they go back to their church where nothing is moving, nothing is happening. 
We talk about replenishing the air six times per hour. And some of these dead, dull, high steeple, low people churches, the, the air, the spiritual air, hasn't been exchanged in centuries, let alone six times in one hour. You know what we need to do? We need to change the air in here real often, spiritually speaking. Praise God. In other words, let the Spirit move upon us and let it blow out of from us. You may say, you really mean that? That's what Jesus was talking about when He said, out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. Go back at the turn of the century and read of Azusa Street in downtown L.A. My friend, there were people who got within blocks of that place who were slain of the power and the presence of the Holy Ghost. There was such a climate created and God's Spirit was moving and breathing and people were slain out on the sidewalks. Hallelujah, hallelujah. That's what we want to do here in the month of May. We're not going to start. We're going to start right now, right now, by letting God's Holy Spirit move upon us. By letting God breathe upon us. By letting God regenerate us. By letting God change us. Change me, oh God. Fill me anew with your Spirit. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, I tell you what, i, I got to be serious with you. I worry about people who sit back and watch everybody else worship and they don't worship. Years ago you worship. You need to exchange the air in your chamber and let God move through you again. You need the Holy Ghost to blow a fresh in your soul. <laughs> My, 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 people who once ran the aisle, people who clamped, clapped their hands and danced in the Spirit, sitting back, doing nothing, and telling me you're rapture ready when God's Spirit's not blowing across your soul. My friend, you need to create a climate where the Holy Ghost can move and breathe upon you afresh tonight to transform you and change you. shake you out of your rut that's leading down to destruction. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, glory, 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 glory. My, I feel the power of the Holy Ghost in this place. Let it happen to you right now. Let the wind blow again upon your soul. Oh, ho, 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 yes. Let it blow again on your soul. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Oh, my. Oh my, I feel God. Let the Lord move upon your soul. Let God breathe upon your soul tonight. Forget about yourself. 
Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I say forget about yourself. Let the Holy Ghost move inside of you tonight. Let the power of God regenerate you. Change you. Talk to you. Make you different. Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. I wish that everybody in the place, I wish we could get in one mind and one accord like they did on the day of Pentecost right here in this place tonight. Where nobody's thinking about tomorrow. And nobody's thinking about the Mexican supper later on. And nobody's thinking about pizza. We're all in tune with God. And we're thinking of this human race that's going to hell in a hurry. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, yes. Let it happen to you tonight. Right here in the house of God. Calvary Gospel Church. Oh, let him move upon you. <laughs> April 24th, 1994 can be the best night of your existence. That's it. That's it. Some of you who haven't lifted your arms in months, lift them up. Create a calm and an atmosphere for the wind to blow. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. My Jesus, my Jesus, my Jesus. My Jesus, my Jesus, my Jesus. My. <laughs> if you're here tonight without the baptism of the Holy Ghost, God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost tonight. I say God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost right here tonight. <laughs> Let Him come in right now. Let Him move upon you and transform you and change you. Yamo to Sakanra Mahataya. Oh, glory, 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 glory.
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let the wind blow. Let the wind blow. Let the spirit move. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, glory, 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 glory. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. That's it. Lift your hand right where you are and receive the Holy Ghost right where you are. If you're here and you haven't spoken in tongues in months and months and months, some of you for years, let the Holy Ghost come right now. Glory, 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 glory. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. My. My, 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 my. Hallelujah. That's it. Reach out to the Lord right now. Oh, God. Oh God, my Jesus, my Jesus, my Jesus, my Jesus. My, oh hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh glory. Listen, there's no need to be trying to finish this. The Holy Ghost is moving. God wants to fill somebody with the Holy Ghost right now. Go pray with somebody that needs the Holy Ghost. If you're here and you haven't spoken in tongues in a long time, why don't you come on down to the altar and let people gather around you and pray with you and seek you. Or seek, uh, you seek God with them. Come on, Sister Grant, if you would. Praise God. And Sister Wittenbach, let's come. Let's pray. Let's seek God. Let's get a hold of the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Let me just say this so we, we get back. And I'm not saying in this in any derogatory sense. But right down the street, there's a church down here. I felt led of the Spirit a few years ago to stop in. I stopped in and went in and talked with the pastor. I'd met the pastor on a couple of occasions. And the pastor said, What am I going to have to do to move these people? I took the pastor and his wife in the auditorium. We started laying hands on everything. This is what I told him. I said, Pastor, so help me God. I'd get behind the pulpit so full of the Holy Ghost and the anointing of God that when I stood up to speak, people couldn't stand it. They'd have to come and give their hearts afresh to God. And I said all that to say this. If you're here and you're burdened down with problems, I get so full of the Holy Ghost, I'd forget about my problems. I'd get on the Lord's side and I'd let God fill me afresh with His Spirit. That's it. Come on, let's worship God. Let's praise the Lord. People all over the place are seeking God and praising the Lord. Come on right now. Let him have his way. Let him talk. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. That's it. All over the building. Find somebody to pray with. Find somebody to seek the Lord with. Don't be content. Just come into the house of God. Clapping your hands a little bit and going back. Exchange the air. Let the Spirit move. Let it change you. Let it regenerate you. Oh, yes. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. 
That's it. Reach out to the Lord. All over the place, people are reaching out to the Lord. Some for the very first time. We don't have to wait to May to start a 100 soul revival. We can let it happen tonight. Right here in the house of God. Oh, yes. My Jesus, my Jesus, my Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, yes. That's it. We're reaching out to God. We're seeking the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, we're reaching out to the Lord. Jesus is coming back soon. I say Jesus is coming back soon. Oh yes, pray these people through the Holy Ghost. Assist them in their birth. 